Welcome to Cars on Call. I am automotive journalist Steve Schutz. I'm here with trauma surgeon Stefan Moran, and we have a guest coming, Jeff Bank. He's been here before, one of my partners, awesome car guy. Uh, but before we start the show, this is episode 63. Well, I gotta say, welcome back. I mean, you took a week off. Come on, dude. You missed episode 62. You went 61 without a break. I missed several. So welcome back, Steve-O, from your vacation. Thank well, you. Sir. What'd you do? Well, Anything sir. cool? Uh, before we, yes, I did. Uh, I definitely did. Before we get to that, uh, we're going to miss Adams. Adams is away this week and he's already missed. He's in Europe. He's going to see, he's going to Italy and Stefan, he's going to the Ferrari factory and stuff. I mean, he, he's, yeah. he's missed. He's a great guy, but what the fuck, what is he doing over there? Well, he's taking a much needed vacation with his wife, Marsha. He's out there gallivanting around. He's retired. Italy. Yeah, you're right. But you know, you have to, I, I'm retired, but I've got four part-time jobs, you know, so, <laughs> so there's no such thing as really retirement. You know, the last time he was there, he's told a story that uh, he bought a Dino and, um, you know, I'm just hoping for Marsha's sake that he's not going to reverse the deal and leave Marsha this time and bring back another Dino. Cause he had to, <laughs> he had to sell, he sold that car to get married, you know, so, wow. Wow. Smart so just buyer, seller's remorse, marriage remorse. No. But, um, you know, he keeps sending me things on cars and bids and Mustangs. I'm like, what the hell, man? He should be cruising Roma Craigslist. And uh, I, I'm willing to bet that Adams finds something over there that I know he's just scouring everywhere for a Dino. I know he is. Um, and I bet you I'm willing to bet he he finds something. It, it'd go well with his S2 balance in the garage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was that. just thinking that, you know, he's friends with Gary Duncan, who we had on the show two weeks ago. And Gary Duncan uh, brings cars over by the hundreds. And I'm sure Adams is thinking, hey, if he can bring over 100, I can bring over one. Yeah, exactly. So have fun and over there, can, Adams. And he can have, pitch that to his wife as being much more reasonable. Have fun, Adams. <laughs> uh, you're missed. Uh, can't wait to have you back. So um, I, really quickly, um, I had like this peak car experience and uh I'll, I'll go into more detail on a future show but i'll say this uh i was over uh east coast uh i was actually in new york at my medical school reunion and i reconnected with a high school friend of mine and he's got a couple of porsches that he let me drive and one was a 1978 uh, porsche sc uh, you know a g body sc that's been completely redone it's a resto mod but in the porsche world you don't call it a resto mod you call it a outlaw so he's got this I love outlaw. that name. I think that's way better than the rest of mod and outlaw. So cool. And I, I love all the Porsche outlaws. I think those are some of my favorite. Yeah, I think so too. So uh it's it was perfect. Uh the engine, uh brand new engine, uh just this wonderful, wonderful, well-tuned air-cooled engine, non-turbo, and then wonderful new transmission. Uh everything's brand new, seats, everything went down to the metal. Uh, yachting blue, uh, one of the best drives I've ever had in my life. Uh, I fell in love with the car. And then he has a Carrera, a 993 Carrera RS, never reported to this country. Yeah. Uh, and I drove that too. So uh, for any Porsche fan, uh, those cars were just incredible. And I had a great time. More on that later. But um, uh, Stefan, on to you. you. You spotted a car, pretty cool. And, and you got a safety connection. Not cool, guys, but hey, I spotted a car, so I'm coming, and this, listeners, this is the safety segment, and uh, hey, while we're at it, remember, like, 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 listen, subscribe, tell all your friends, um, but so I'm driving home from the hospital yesterday, and I look up, and I see this, this four-door, very nicely conditioned little four-door, it looked like a Sentra, 
uh, Nissan Sentra, and I and I get closer. It's got a dealer plate on it. And I get closer, and on the left trunk, it it says T S U R U. So it's a Nissan Suru, and I'm like, what the hell is this? So I take a picture of it, and um, I come home and I look it up, and it is it is actually the Mexican built version of the Nissan Sentra. And somebody's, and these were like, this is like in Mexico, there are more of these than there are Taco Bells in the United States, man. These things are everywhere. It's the best-selling car there, multiple years. Cops have them, people own them. 1.9 million Suru sold. All right, but here's the caveat. This was a shit box for safety. This was called what was called a zero star car. This thing is basically a death box. They built it in Mexico. And when they did that, it doesn't even have up till 2017, didn't even have any lock brakes, no airbags, no traction control. And this was awarded a zero star car. And this thing is a this thing is responsible for 4,000 deaths from 2007 to 2012. Um I mean, this thing is, I can't even believe this thing could make, if, you know, this one's probably an older one, but somehow it made it to America. And, um, Let me ask you a question. And, and I think this is a, a philosophical question, but, um, and maybe it's a point when you compare that car to our cars, it's zero star and it is a death trap, but isn't the point not to do that? Isn't the point to compare it to a scooter or a motorcycle? <laughs> yeah. So it's you know so yeah this thing is this is the Mexican Day of the Dead one way taxi man I mean and here it is in America <laughs> what? what the Mexican Day of the Dead one way taxi yeah because <laughs> that's a big holiday in Mexico you know you, this and this is your one way trip buddy you jump in this thing so you know finally Nissan got so much crap that they finally bowed up and stopped making the car in oh 2017 okay. Even though this had been going on with the new car assessment program, zero, no more, say no to zero star cars. And the other two cars that make this honorable list, one comes from India, imagine that, and the other is a Chinese car. So what really bugged me was here's this car um, that's got a dealer plate that's going to be sold to some poor person who has no idea. And listeners, this is what I've talked to you all the time about. We talked about we had Jessica, my nurse practitioner, and I told her about the rear seats and her Telluride that when you're buying a vehicle and you're buying a vehicle for, say, let's say your kids, your wife or somebody else, just you're down to two vehicles. Take a look at the safety rating. Just go. You can go to IIHS, Insurance Institute for Highway Safety. You can go to NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Association, look up the NCAP, which is New Car Assessment Program. Just, just take a look at these cars that you're going to buy. And, you know, if it comes down to three cars, you know, just think about the safety and who's going to be riding in it. But there's a video on YouTube that shows the Suru versus a Nissan. So the Japan, the, you know, the one with safety features, the one without the Suru basically completely folds up in half. The hybrid three crash dummy comes in, breaks his neck, smashes his face against the pillar. Wheel complete, the right left front tire completely intrudes into the driver's cabin. I mean, it is a frightening crash. Um, so I was, you know, I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Then I looked it up. And I'm like, that is totally uncool. So um, take a look at these videos. Take a look at the safety ratings on your next car purchase. And, 
you may save your life and somebody else's life that you love. Um, but if you are in a wreck in these, you are losing out, Steve. And you're like, yeah, might as well be on a Vespa scooter without a helmet. So, so yeah. is this like a four-door Nissan Dodge Viper with, with no traction control, no ABS? Is that what? <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah, different version. Different <laughs> It is worth it is worth saying that, that again, um, you know, a lot of you, we've all seen videos of families in the third world where you've got four people on a scooter, and this is certainly safer than that. Uh, yes. But I'm glad it's, it's all relative. But, you know, yeah. it's all relative. But I'm glad they're no here longer. in America. The car doesn't belong here. Yeah, but yeah, I'm glad they're no longer manufactured anywhere. It sounds like so. Cool. We've got a bunch of topics we're going to get to. Uh, we're going to talk GM and Apple AirPlay. We're going to talk uh, Audi in the future. Uh, they're making some changes, which I don't agree with. And then Car and Driver had 25 uh, cars or vehicles worth waiting for, which we're going to get to with uh, with our guest, Jeff Bank, uh, who's going to join us a little later. So, um, Stefan, GM is removing Apple CarPlay and Android Auto from all BEVs soon. They are going heavy, as we all know, into battery electric vehicles. And they are saying we're going to strip out Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Boy, does that seem dumb. You know, Tesla did it. Uh, Mercedes Benz is going to move that direction. And I'm going to bring this up as a feature safety segment because what happens is this is adding to um, driver distraction. So the whole BEV thing, the whole touch panel thing, this actually has regulations on how long and how it and how many steps it should take you to change your air conditioning temperature. And all these new big TFT screens, removing all the buttons actually is worsening the issue of driver distraction. And I mean, we all know how to return a knob without doing anything. If you've got to touch your TFT screen, do sliders. So what this is now doing that Jim is doing is they're removing the interface that you already know. On your phone, you know how to do your GPS. You know how to do voice messaging. You know how to have it read your emails. If you do that in the car, you shouldn't. You know how to play your music. Now you're having to learn a new interface. And I think this is, I think this is a terrible move for from an automotive safety standpoint. And I think it's just gonna be a freaking pain in the ass. And I mean, I get in my car and it goes straight to CarPlay. My Mustang has a gorgeous screen, gorgeous um, GPS, and all. I don't use any of that. And but thank goodness the Mustang, even though it's got the big TFT screen, it's got a dial for volume and it's got a just a little lever you push up for to increase the temperature and you push it down to decrease the temperature. So I never have to go into my touch screen. The only thing I got to do on my touch screen on the Mustang is the, is the um, steering wheel heater. Everything else is a button. So I, I think it's a bad move for um, safety. I think it's going to worsen the, the already issue that we have of driver distraction. And, you know, con for consumers, it's all about choice. And this is all a data grab on GM's part. They want more data so they can sell your data. And then you're going to have to pay for the Spotify through your car or whatever. And uh, just another reason you'll never see a GM vehicle in my driveway. Yeah, it does seem like a like a money grab. They're going to set up some kind of subscription service. Uh, but the the main well, they had reason... to make up for OnStar, right? They, they dropped the, <laughs> the which nobody wants. Which nobody wants. OnStar no. option that you had to pay for that you could not do. So now what do they do? They screw you and say, "All right, you, we're not going to charge you for OnStar anymore." But now we're going to take away your your connectivity with your phone. I think that the, that 
sometimes uh, any company, and it can be uh, you know a company like Bud Light, you get into this bubble. <laughs> Let's not go there, man. No, you get into yeah. this bubble, and I'm not going to yeah. pass judgment on Bud Light. But it, I, what I would say is, you get into this bubble, and you 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 your bubble is really small, and you become unaware of people out in the real world, and and real world customers. Because you're, well, was, you're and if so, so what I mean is, if you're a manufacturer, let's say GM, everybody you talk to works for GM. All your friends have GM cars. Uh, you're in this bubble, and you don't use you use the GM system because that's what you like, and then it's your company. You're kind of a homer that way, and you feel like Apple and Android are intruders into your world, and that's not the way people look at it on the outside. My son, Patrick, who I've talked about before, he's a programmer. He's very into computers. Um, he went to buy a car recently and uh, he looked at Alexis and Apple uh, was not available in that particular year. He got a used car. That was it. It was a hundred percent deal killer. He said, I will not buy a car that doesn't have Apple CarPlay. I think it's the same for that generation. Gen Z uh, millennials, I think this is a big deal and they do not want to mess with a car that doesn't have real connectivity with their Android phone or their Apple. That's what I yeah. think is, I think that's what GM in. is missing. This is a deal killer for they some They better have TikTok people. on there because if they don't have TikTok on their GM app, man, it, it, that's the deal killer. Well, and, and I look at it, you know, when you have, when you have cars of different brands, so we have a I uh, just got a 2017 Porsche Macan GTS and actually has CarPlay, but not Android Auto. And, and then on, on my list of things to do is to go add that down, down the road because it's such, I have an, an Android phone and it's such an intuitive system that it bugs me that I don't have it. And then, and then but then the nice thing is that you, know, you jump between say our, my Miata or my wife's Audi and it's Android Auto and you know exactly what to expect between the two of them. And and Stefan, that speaks to the safety point that, you know, you get into one car, you get into another car, you know, exactly how it's going to behave and you don't have to adjust your behavior as far as, oh, now this, uh, just like driving different brands, how does this uh, windshield wiper stock work between the two? That's uh, frustrating when I hop in between multiple brands. Yeah, that's a good point. Your focus of attention, yeah. your focus of attention as a driver needs to be on the road. Mm-hmm. The road ahead of you and what's behind you, not on figuring out the, the the controls to get your favorite playlist to play on the damn thing or to move your seat or to change the HVAC. Um, certain things just don't need reinvented. And I, I see, you know, a, you know Tesla is a boutique manufacturer. They're now a real deal manufacturer, but they came in first to market, truly making EVs. And their system, I think, is a little more is, is much more incorporated into the use of the vehicle than it would be on a General Motors product. But um, I can't. Yeah, I think it's a bad move. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, the most recent uh, up-to-date tech I've ever experienced was uh, I drove the the new Mercedes SL recently, and uh, just last week actually, and. They have the new MBUX system, which is absolutely state-of-the-art, very easy to use, but it easily integrates Apple CarPlay, and that's what pops up if that's what you want. I think that's where they should be. Everybody should be, and GM, I think, is making a mistake. So moving on, um, we got to talk Audi a little bit, and um, Audi had two concept cars that they introduced, um, concept vehicles, they're not cars. Uh, and I find them very interesting. One, first of all, one was a pickup. There's never been an Audi pickup. 
and the other was an Audi SUV. And I find I find both of those concepts interesting because Audi has always been, and by always I mean you know the last thirty years, nice interiors, elegant, understated design, quiet engines, not the best performance, but good performance. But this sense of elegance, technology, understated beauty, and that does not go with a pickup truck or an off-road SUV. So, Stefan, uh, what's going on in Audi? And do you think they're being smart? Are they being like GM and getting rid of the CarPlay and they're 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 shooting themselves in the foot here? Well, I think you know Audi. Audi is the uh, what are those Russian dolls that stack up together? What are those, <laughs> what are those things called? Uh, you know, the little the three, the three, the one sausage, three links. That's what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. You know, so Audi is the cooker cutting, the, the cookie cutter, small, medium, large, extra large. They all look the same. But yeah, you're talking, I think, was it the Audi active sphere thing that turned to some kind of pickup hatchback? And it's like they're all trying to take the coupe to one next level. Um, I don't know. I guess I, I has zero interest. I have zero interest. And the other thing that kind of bugs me is they're going to do the Scout too, right? They bought the name. Isn't that Audi that bought the Scout name? Well, it's Volkswagen Group. Yeah. I think that's going Volkswagen to be Volkswagen Group. That's going to be a, a, a separate thing. I, I think so, okay. Scout is going to uh, Scout makes sense. I mean, the the Scout brand has always stood for off road and SUV type thing. And um, this is different for Audi. Je- Jeff, you have a Q7. You 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 like Audi like us, like Stefan and I do. What's what's your thought about this? You know, we we love my my wife and I love our Audi Q7. It's a, a three row, enough room for the girls. It's safe. It's com- quiet, comfortable, elegant, understated. All the things that you you said, Steve. And this, to me, with this active sphere concept that they that they have, I mean, they're trying to do maybe blend a El Camino and a Cybertruck and an active lifestyle all in one, and it just doesn't fit uh, it, to me with what Audi means it, it still looks semi-elegant more than either those the Cybertruck or an El Camino ever ever did. But I look at it like my my wife keeps asking me, you know, when's the next Q7 coming out? When is there going to be a Q9 to compete with the the X7? And, and there's really nothing. Uh and and then Audi is focusing on on this stuff that's this active lifestyle EVs and it just doesn't make sense to me. It seems like Audi's lost lost their way. And I I just think go go back to what you what you're good at. Um, there's, I mean, we're driving around in Boise. I see Q7s everywhere, and I look at you know they're well overdue for a redesign. They're not in this highly profitable, big three row uh, SUV segment like BMW and Mercedes. And I think you know you got to be there for um, just to, to fund the, the rest of your portfolio. Well, you know, this is this is their version. What's that GM Sierra where the back window thing folds down? The avalanche. Like, avalanche. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so this is like this is like the Audi <laughs> yeah. Avalanche. And look how well the Avalanche sold. I mean, that thing top heavy. Um, it never sold well. I don't know. I think it's just. I don't think this thing will actually make it to production. Um, I think it's huh. just another. Yeah, they they had a concept about 20 years ago called the Steppenwolf and it was basically a Audi TT lifted with four-wheel drive if you if you google that and you'll see what I mean. That never made it to production. Um the very fact that we're having this conversation and in the same sentence as Audi uh, Jeff, you said El Camino, and Stefan, you said Avalanche. That can't be good for Audi. You don't want to be that those are those are not the bedfellows you want. 
No, no. And, and the, no. the, the Audi website here, I just pulled up. It's just uh, Adams, I think, could uh, dissect this PR marketing here, but it says a fusion of performance, functionality, and elegance for fascinating outdoor adventures. And it's just, there's so, many, right. buzzwords, so many buzzwords here that I, I don't, I have no idea what they're saying. Yeah, when was the last time you drive by a KOA campground and saw an Audi Q7 with somebody sleeping in a tent? Come on, give me Actually, a fucking I, I've done, we, we did that. Come on. Okay, when's the last time you saw a luxury SUV at the KOA campground? Okay, Fair. that's all Fair. you need to know. Next topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. I, I can't imagine someone's going to say, well, I can't decide uh, if I should get the Bronco or the Wrangler, so I guess I'll, I'll, I'll get the Audi instead. Um, I don't, I don't see this working. I hope that they're just, uh, maybe it's a misdirection ploy or something. Um, but, um, anyway, moving on, uh, from the future of Audi to the future of other cars and, uh, current driver had a very interesting article and they have this every year, uh, 25 cars worth waiting for, uh, I didn't find all 25, uh, to be worthy of waiting. Um, but they had some vehicles that were very interesting and Stefan, uh, I'm ready for a nuclear explosion from you because one of the vehicles that they are saying is going to happen. This is not a concept. This is not the whatever active sphere. This is legit going to happen. A Ford Mustang Raptor, all wheel drive, lifted very much like the Porsche 911 Dakar. Uh, is this heresy, sacrilege, or, or both of them together? <laughs> oh, excuse me, a little nauseous. <laughs> okay, so, all right, so you know, in, in Alabama and in the South, I have seen several Fox body Mustangs jacked up with tires on them, and it is the biggest redneck looking piece of shit thing you've ever seen. And everyone, I mean, even the average redneck is somewhat offended by this. I mean, you know, perhaps when they're running the meth. Um, perhaps when they're running the meth from neighbor to neighbor, they're using these things, but okay. Rednecks have been doing this in the South for a long time. Yeah, It never caught on. And there's a reason it never caught on because it's stupid. Okay. You know, in America, if you want to go <laughs> off road, it's stupid. I mean, it's just, it's just stupid. You know, in America, if you want to go hauling ass off roading, you know, you're, you're, you're going to go buy one of those, those four wheeler things that everybody's telling around these days that used to be hunt. I forget razors and that kind of stuff. Okay. That's what people are going to do. That, that makes sense to me. You buy one of those things, you strap in your hospital. You're not going to be taking an $80,000 Raptor Mustang hauling ass through the backwoods, Alabama. You think about it, you know, maybe out West somewhere where there's no trees or bushes is not going to happen in the rest of the country. I mean, think about it. The Dakar, is for desert racing, open wheel racing, like maybe the Baja 1000. There's, you know, outside of a few places in the West, there's zero use for these vehicles in the United States. Stefan, the Dakar, <laughs> the Dakar is not for desert racing. The Dakar is for cars and coffee, and it's for going to dinner and going to Whole Foods. This is a poser car. It's not going to be used as quote unquote intended. This is like a Range Rover. It's got all its capability and people are going to use it just like a normal Mustang. There's no chance of a Mustang Raptor going off, off road, just like there's no chance of a Porsche Dakar going off road. This is, this is, this is about show. It's not about go. 
I'm really irritated. Can we just move to the next one? This just got me so irritated. <laughs> Jeff, before, really we, before we leave, Jeff, uh, what do you think? You know, I, I think it's we have to Dakar or Safari edition everything now. And I, I don't see the, the purpose in this, I guess, being from Wyoming. It's like, you know, you're going to take this back on the, on the dirt roads uh, or, or go off-roading. And it's just, no, you're going to get a, a real pickup truck, a real SUV. And, uh, and, and I don't think a, a Mustang uh, Safari Raptor belongs to Cars and Coffee either. I just don't don't see where this where this fits in, and um, I and, and I think you could add all all wheel drive to a Mustang in a different fashion and make it more practical and uh, less ostentatious, maybe uh, less redneck. Yeah, I guarantee. If I show up at the Arley Cars and Coffee, we do have a car show once a year, and some really nice cars come out at my little town um, on Arley Day. You were to pull up in this thing. I mean, I don't even know if they'd let you in the lot. Um, they would be laughing their ass off, you know. Um, I no, I know. Just absolutely capital N O. The Mustang Maki was enough of a, of a sacrilege bastardization of the cherished and heritage Mustang name. But no, please no. Let's move on. Yeah, keep Before that. Move on, I'm going to ask right. you guys a question. The answer yeah. for me is absolutely, and the question for both of you, and I'll start with you, uh, Jeff. Uh, and I'll ask you, Stefan, again, my answer is absolutely. The question is, will this sell? 100%. Yeah. What kind of volume are you talking? Okay, 5,000 sales. All right, there you go. Limited edition. Yeah, yeah, it will. Yeah, I think it'll be limited edition. I agree. And I think people will buy them for five grand over sticker. How about that? <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, we have the, one of the foundational vehicles of this car is the, or this show is the Toyota forerunner. And uh, as we've talked about ad nauseum, the forerunner continues to sell Toyota does not advertise it. They don't promote it. They certainly don't discount it and they sell everyone they could make. It's a 20 year old body on frame vehicle with an old naturally aspirated V6 uh, until recently, it was a four-speed transmission. They finally took it up. I think it's five now. Uh, unbelievable. So you can imagine why Toyota has been so hesitant to update it. Well, now it's being updated. It's moving to the Tundra platform, same platform as the Lexus LX600. Uh, it's going to have a four-cylinder engine. It will still be body on frame, but four-cylinder engine. And they're saying maybe a V6 that's a turbo will be, will be uh, uh, an option. But four-cylinder new tech ton or uh, forerunner uh stefan are you mourning are you happy or don't care well you know i hate the forerunner because it's so old and if you think about it from the effing runner man effing runner man or every god they're everywhere man it's such a piece of shit i mean that's it's great for what it does but it's okay why would you want to buy something that's 20 years old in terms of technology as well as 20 years old in terms of construction for safety standpoint. It gets a moderate on the overlap fronter side. You break it down, it gets a poor on the structure and safety cage. And that makes sense. It's, it's a body on frame construction. And for what it's used for, I think it's terrible. And finally, they're moving the, hopefully the safety cage will be better on that they move to the Tacoma. But yeah, I think it finally, Thank you, Toyota, for building a safer vehicle. That's one of your top sellers that you've been making profit on for years at the sake of broken legs and injured passengers. Um, so, 
get on that finally jesus Jeff. yeah i i think the i mean the forerunner is basically 14 going on 40 at, at, at this point and uh, i was i was looking at the sales figures they were uh, 120,000 units in 2022, which is actually down from 2021 of 145,000, but uh, up from 80,000 in 2014, which just makes absolutely no no sense as far as why something would keep selling so much later later in life. But I, I think this the, this modular body and plane frame platform that they're sharing with the Sequoia the the Tacoma, I think it'll make it make it better. I mean, if sorry, if the uh, the Mustang Raptor is going to sell, this is going to continue to sell like uh, like, like hotcakes. Oh, yeah. yeah, and, and, to and the Tacoma extent- does have a slightly better rating. It's not it has acceptable instead of poor on several areas, so it's it's one step up, but it's nowhere near in line with the other SUVs currently in that size class market right now. And yeah, hopefully, the I- gas mileage will get above low low double digits. Yes, the gas mileage is going to be way better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and presumably th- this will be just as stout and uh, it will last just as long as a 4Runner in the, in the Tacoma. Um, but what I would say about sales is that while it was down, you know, 145,000 to 120, the only reason the sales on the 4Runner drop is that it's production constrained. If they made more, they would sell more. So if they made 145, they would have sold 145. That's the thing with those uh, young people are psyched about them. Uh, but I agree with both of you going to a, a new frame, uh, a new platform rather is going to increase safety. And uh, you know, it's funny. I, I thought about all these vehicles differently, uh, Stefan, since you talked about the Palisade and the Telluride, because rear seat child safety is something I kind of took for granted. Didn't know that they didn't test for it. Now they're testing for it. So I look at the 400 of the same. Absolutely. Hey, they need to update that, make the rear seat more safe for, for kids yeah this is getting carted around in these things yeah yeah when we go to shop for our next suv i'll definitely be looking but looking at that um and uh, as of right now our next suv is not an audi <laughs> <laughs> get something bigger so anyway yeah um another vehicle that really caught my attention and this does dovetail with uh things we've talked about in the past this is the 2025 ram 1500 that is the half ton truck it's called the rev it's a bev with a gasoline gasoline range extender neither the f-150 lightning nor the bev silverado from chevy have a range extender uh is this a big deal stefan i to me it's a big deal what do you think well i you know i'm i'm all for hybrids gasoline hybrids i think um we're just America's just not ready for the EV. So this is going to be an onboard generator style BEV. Yep. Sorry. Right. So the generate so the gasoline motor turns on and then makes electricity, which then recharges the batteries, but it's not attached to the driveline. You know, there's been several attempts at, at these ex- gasoline extenders, and they just haven't caught on in the market as well as a true hybrid. Um, I think it's an interesting concept. I'd like to know how many miles are going to get. Um, with the standard battery because you know you say most hybrids they run anywhere from eight to 40 miles on pure electricity that you can charge overnight and that works for a lot of people that do short trips to work but you think about a pickup truck is a work vehicle i mean really that you know it now a lot of people just cruise around like you said as posers but the i mean pickup trucks are made to, to work and pull things haul things 
you know, I have to be, it'll be very interesting to see what kind of like towing capacity, payload capacity, mileage. And, you know, are you going to take this thing 400 miles running the gasoline extender the whole time to charge your batteries? It's an interesting concept. I'd have to learn about, learn a lot more about it, but my initial impression is it would have already been done, but I think, I think the hybrid technology is to me is it just where it needs hybrid is if you're going to go at all electric in a pickup it needs the hybrid to me is a way to go not a not a generator onboard generator yeah and i I watched a video on it and i read that there i think it's about 500 miles or up to 500 miles range and up to 14,000 pounds of towing capacity which both seem like large numbers for a uh i mean for 1500 uh ram and uh, to me the that the mirroring the electric and the gas uh, makes sense with with a truck and that you get that that because trucks you want the low end torque for your as a work vehicle pull out tree stumps do do for your towing and uh, so to me it makes a makes a ton of ton of sense and um they it looked like the 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 charging architecture for it was 800 volts and it looked like they quoted receiving 110 miles of range in about 10 minutes which is similar to the chevy silverado uh, truck, which is pretty darn impressive. I mean, you actually got to have the, the the charger working and available, uh, which are two huge caveats. But I, I thought, uh, you know, overall, this seems like a like a great idea. One of my questions was, you know, there has to be a TRX uh, version coming down. The road. <laughs> yeah, so, sure. So, say, so, so my my uh, name would be the E Rex, similar to the uh, E Ray, like the yeah, yeah. Like, the, uh, like the new. Uh, that sounds more like E Rex. That sounds like a Pfizer commercial. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, a lot of these vehicles are extenders, you know, um, in fact, I have a, I have an, ex- I've ordered an extender, a cover 427. Um, yes. <laughs> Where do we get here? Anyway. Um, oh my gosh. Um, for all of the reasons uh, that, that Jeff just mentioned, uh, I, I also think it's a really good idea. Um, I think this is something, you know, it, it, Sometimes you're better off not being first to market. And I think that uh, given our conversation with Gino Effler from J.D. Power just a, just a few weeks ago, where he talked about uh, the problems, you know, 20% of chargers out in the wild don't work. And um, some areas or some charger stations is worse than that. So given the uncertainty of the infrastructure, how nice is it? You don't have to worry about it. You've got that uh, range extender. You just fill it up with gas if there's no chargers. And let's face it, you're out in the middle of nowhere. There's not going to be a charger. Or if you're towing, you're going to, if you're towing especially, you really lose range. How nice to have a gasoline-powered range extender. You fill it up with gas, and you can get and tow wherever you want to go. Sure. Or you live in rural America, like we're Idaho, Wyoming, Alabama, all the places that we are, are from or where we live. Yeah. And oh, by the way, the range extender will allow you to have a smaller battery pack and that will uh, make more batteries available and also uh, shave weight. So that's a, that's a good thing too. So um, yeah, I I think it's better than the Silverado or the lightning uh, for that reason. But, you know, a lot of people are still going to be hesitant to buy a battery electric vehicle, commuter car, sure. Battery electric uh, truck. Um, I don't know. Anyway, uh, moving on to truck, of course, anytime you think, truck and suv you immediately think corvette uh 
oh my gosh like it is if it's a sacrilege to have a a raptor mustang uh certainly stefan it's a it's a sacrilege to have uh not just one corvette suv they're talking about basically a macan size and a cayenne size corvette suv well, you know, they can't sell them when they put a Cadillac badge on it. So I guess they figure, what the hell? Let's slap a Corvette badge, see if we can increase sales. But I think, you know, I don't know. GM to me has seemed a lot kind of lost their sense of direction here in the last couple of years. But, you know, they made the move from front engine to mid engine Corvette. Big move. I mean, it was time to happen, but I still miss the old Corvette. I think diluting this brand. Not, it's not a brand diluting the Corvette, the model further by now slapping an SUV badge on it. But, you know, I guess Ford showed him that it worked on the Mustang Mach-E. The next generation doesn't really care. Um, you know, they do like the name Corvette. So I'm sure they've done all the marketing analysis and Ford did it. But I I don't like to see it. And I'm sure if, if, if we had one of us was a GM diehard fan, like I am a Ford guy, they would be having the exact same conversation. You could just substitute forward for chevy in this conversation they wouldn't like it either jeff your dad's a corvette guy uh what do you think what do you think he would think so i i've talked to him about it he actually isn't overly offended by it and which was a little surprising to me i mean he's uh he's got a c7 he's hesitant on the on the c8 because of the lack of a, of a manual um but to me looking at this corvette wanting to build their brand uh i mean you look at how much money Porsche's made hand over fist on the on the Macan and the and the Cayenne, and me being one of their customers with the with the Macan, I think that Corvette has to do something like this. And, and look, looking at this is, it's on the it's on the Alpha platform, which uh, was what the CT4 and 5 V Blackwing uh, are are on. I mean, car and driver said that there's only been one uh, Alpha platform car that hasn't made it to their 10 best list. So looking at the the underpinnings the the engines are all are all there i think it'll i think it'll perform i think it'll sell well um i think unfortunately i think it makes sense in our current market with everyone and their dog wanting to drive an suv and sitting sitting up higher um and uh i i just i see it being a, a runaway success but hopefully they'll be able to use their funds from the, the suv to further the quote real corvette uh, platform further much like porsche's done with the the 911 and the and the cayman and uh fund the the zora and uh, zr1 everything else that they they have coming out um for the corvette yeah i mean lamborghini came out with the urus and everybody thought oh my god lamborghini making an suv but hey this is where it's headed and this is the future of the automotive industry and it's going to sell. I mean, just because I don't like, I, th- I think it's a great idea marketing. They're going to yeah. sell every one of these things. Um, it may be the death of Cadillac if they increase Corvette as a brand, because um, who knows long-term, but I don't like it, but I think it's, I think it's absolutely the direction that GM needs to go and they're going to sell every one of these things, but it'll just kind of pain me to see a Corvette badge, just like the Mustang. My, it'll just pain me, but, but that's where we are in today's, automotive landscape I, yeah, I think i i have a bunch of thoughts on this and i i actually am more i'm okay with it i actually am good with it because i think just like porsche uh with their cayenne and their macan that did not not only did it not subtract from the brand it added to the brand and as jeff said uh the the success of those suvs enabled them to come up with some pretty great 
cool uh, variants of the 911 and the uh, the Cayman. So I think it's good. Um, I think that it will not dilute the brand. I think it's not going to hurt them. I think it will only help them. I actually, I'm more troubled by going to a mid-engine Corvette. That bothers me more because the just like the 911 is always rear engine, it's never it's not going to be a 911 if it's not rear engine. Well, the same with the Corvette. It was always front engine. It it should have stayed front engine. So I think that was a mistake. Um, but uh, the, this, you know, the, the two Corvette SUVs, I think, are not a mistake. I have been very critical of GM for a bunch of decisions. Number one, not coming out with a Blazer to compete with the Jeep Wrangler and the Bronco. I think that would have been very successful. Would have made them money. It would have made their fans happy. And I think they're really kind of rushing to into BEV without uh, either hybrids or or developing and 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 maintaining their inter- internal combustion engine. So I think a lot of the mistakes they made, I've criticized before. This one I don't think is a mistake. I think the only manufacturer left who doesn't have an SUV is McLaren at this point, is what it seems like. <laughs> They're working on one. I'm, oh, I, I, without a doubt. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, before we wrap up, um, there's a little information a little tidbit uh you know stefan you said something a couple episodes ago when we were talking about q1 sales and you said uh you don't think it's going to be long before the ford bronco overtakes the wrangler and uh, i agreed with you because if you buy a brand new wrangler you're going to have like in your subdivision there's going to be like 10 other ones and every time you ride drive down the road i mean your your hand's going to get tired because you're supposed to do this cheap wave to everybody uh, but there's tons of Jeeps out there. Bronco, you stand out. It's different. It has all the capability. And it looks cooler. It's fresh. It's new. It's nice. Well, guess what? You're right. Um, Q1 Bronco sales are finally, now that they're able to get their production bottlenecks solved. Uh, Q1 Bronco, 32,000 Broncos sold in Q1 of 2023 versus the Wrangler, 38K. And by the way, Q1 of 2022, the Wrangler sold 46,000. So the Bronco is definitely eating into the Wrangler. I think it'll be Q2, Q3, Stefan, when the Bronco overtakes and passes the Wrangler. Well, you know, it's nice to be right about something because I'm sure as hell never am at home. <laughs> You're right all the <laughs> time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, no, I, I think it's when you look at uh, the Wrangler versus the Bronco, it's just it's even fitting more of that poser image and it's everything that people want in that style vehicle. And it's a step above in terms of probably handling NVH and all that. So I, I, um, you're right. You're, you're talking about the, the Wrangler wave. You know, we have the Arley wave. So if you drive a pickup truck in Arley, Alabama and the surrounding area, you know, you always drive with just one hand on the top of the rim. And when you see another truck driver, somebody else in a pickup truck, you raise your index finger up in the air like that. That's it. It's the Arley wave in a pickup truck. So it's Do you ever take funny. your index finger down then? <laughs> yeah. Uh. Every other, yeah, every other vehicle is a pickup truck down here, that's for sure. But no, you're, they're going to start passing. And uh, Jeep needs to think about it, how they're going to do something with that model to keep from preventing further cannibalization because that's one of their biggest money maker um so they got to shake that money maker and do something with it yeah well, there, there's a redesign for 2024 i think with a new new grill and uh i don't think it's a, quite enough to catch up to bronco but they're they're at least doing something much like toyota is doing something with the forerunner 
Finally. Well, we had we had my neighbor James Steele on talking about his Bronco uh, ordering and waiting saga, and uh, he loves his Bronco. It was worth the wait. He's a very happy customer, and I think as long as that's the way customers are, you know, the word of mouth gets out and people say, "Yeah, I waited, but I'm really really happy with it." Um, I think that's going to boost their sales. I think they're going to continue to do really really well. Uh, and Stefan, uh, I'm very curious. Uh, in Arley down the road from now, uh, maybe a couple of years down the road, uh, what kind of wave will it be when one Mustang Raptor passes another? <laughs> yeah, there'll be there'll be some tobacco spit on your windshield. <laughs> as you can, as it'll happen. Yeah, there'll be a big loogie right smack in your windshield. That ain't happening, man. Uh, I I I'm gonna make a prediction here. We'll see what happens. Obviously, the Raptors down the road, the Mustang. Raptor, but I'm going to make a prediction. I think when all of us see it, we're going to say, damn, it looks pretty cool. And I think we're going to end up liking it. It's going to look cool from an eight-year-old boy Tonka trunk kind of coolness. You know, it's a, it's a Tonka truck. You know, it, that's the kind of thing that it evokes. And but Isn't that a good thing? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Not just, just change the badge is all I got to say. I, I thought with, with all this talk about the Forerunner, the Wrangler, all these dated SUVs, I think, I think about Nissan and how they, and Steve, you, you said Chevy missed the boat with the Blazer, but Nissan missed the boat with the Xterra. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It just, it, I, I just, just did a little, and uh, scratch my head here. So. I, I completely agree. Nissan could have come out with an Xterra. It was always a decent, uh, you know, kind of a cheaper Toyota Forerunner. And uh, it was very successful. This would have been 20 years ago, 15 years ago. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember. Remember their ad campaign? No. Their ad campaign was genius. Everything you need, nothing you don't. It had the first aid kit in the back. I remember that. Bumped out. It was stripped. It was cheap on the inside. But but they made that a virtue by saying everything you need, nothing you don't. In other words, anything that's not there is just a frill, something your parents would want, that kind of thing. Jeff, you are absolutely right. If Nissan had come out with an Xterra, it would have been a big seller. It would have been very successful. Yes. So they were cool when they came out. They're different. Yes, it was different and kind of tough, and and had a good reputation. And the, the reputation stands. If they were to come out with it again, I think it would succeed. So we are basically out of time, uh, Stefan. Before All you right. wrap us up, let us just say. Uh, uh adams wherever you are in italy uh have some pasta and red wine for us and enjoy ferrari we missed you we missed you buddy and yep i can't wait to see the dino just bring back marcia along with the car adam is all i gotta say just don't leave her there Um, but bring that dino back and uh listeners thanks for (laughs) tuning in again like this and subscribe we're on youtube now we got a little short take so if you don't have a long off time for listening off 15 minutes you can get some of the clips and maybe my mexican day of the dead clip may pop up on youtube <laughs> but, uh, all right man thanks for joining us jeff and we'll see you guys next week happy to